everybody. Welcome back to the Ones Ready Podcast. Sir, really appreciate you coming back on. Thank you, Peaches. Thank for having me, and also thank you for being here. Now, I actually think that I need to thank you for having us because it was your invite that brought us here. And yep. It was our original our original engagement, really. Yep, yep. So, I, you know, I'm glad it's working out, but, you know, it's an honor to host you. It's an honor to be here in Dallas and have the mobility team, which is much broader than just AMC. You know, there's the Guard Active Duty Reserve. There's also AFSOC and AETC, so integral to what we do. And and so I'm, I'm going to hit a wide swath of things because I've got a lot of uh, a lot of things that I want to talk to you about. Okay. Just in the way of, one, from a weapons school and a warfare center perspective. Right. Thank you. Uh, the, the amount of... Really, prioritization, effort, and just care that you and, and AMC alone has put into things that we're doing with the CAF, Weapon School, Bamboo Eagle, right, uh, is incredible and, and, and is not matched. And it, I truly, is from the bottom of my heart, thank you for well, all of that. Thank you. I just came from uh, the meeting of the weapons officers that are all here at the convention, and I, I extended that same thank you to them. You know, we have made... Uh, you know, built on a culture of handling the operational environment, no matter what it is here in Air Mobility Command. But with the weapons officer expertise, including the, the weapons instructors on the enlisted side, we have advanced so strongly in the right direction. Um, and it's on their shoulders. That expertise, that passion, that humble, credible, approachable attitude um, is really making us better each and every day. So I, I extend that thank you back to the whole team. No, that's great. I appreciate it. Um, so, we are here at essentially your event. Um, I, is this your last one? I don't, I don't know if the cat's yeah, out of the bag. Yeah. But. No, I'd say this is my last one as the commander of Air Mobility Command. So, those command, my command is three years. That three years will be up in September um, of, this, of 2024. So, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I don't think it'll be my last one, but it'll certainly be my last one as Air Mobility Command commander. And I look at it as a three-day commander's call. You know, where we can bring in the command echelon, we can bring in the airmen that actually execute the mission. We can talk about things that matter. We can have guests come in and provide us better clarity, uh, better perspectives, and we can all advance together. So um, I look forward to this each and every year, and I don't want to talk too much about it being my last one as the <laughs> commander, because I'm going to miss it. I'm going to miss it. I'm, I'm sure. Well, you definitely know how to, to throw a bash here and put together something. So... Um, as as we're you know this is your last you're you're in the final stretch of being the AMC commander, right? What are some of the the rocks that you are trying to, if you could say, some of the big rocks that you're trying to get across the finish line right. before before you kind of hand over the baton? Absolutely, I was I was hired into this job because of my experience in the Pacific. So I've got about ten years in the Pacific, two tours in Korea, two tours at Indo Paycom, and a tour at PACAF, and so you know about 10 years and the majority of my general officer time and the majority of that time working on joint staffs. So, you know, with the, with the joint team and COCOMs, um, you know, so General Brown challenged me when I came into command, he said, go faster. And, uh, you know, with that experience and then being surrounded by the rock stars that are our mobility command, we're actually able to go faster. So I felt that the first year was really the crawl phase. Let's understand the environment. Let's understand where we are and where we need to go. Year two is defined by, you know, let's let's confirm that. So let's let's accomplish this exercise we call Mobility Guardian. We already were doing the exercise. We just moved it into the Pacific. 
And we tested in real life. We tested how good we were. We executed that this past summer. Uh, now we have the insights. Now it's time to do something about them. So, you know, the, the last year of my command will be about actually closing the gaps that were identified. So command relationships, command and control, what we're calling explode into theater, which is basically just the fundamentals of what we need to do, the basic blocking and tackling. How do we get out of our home station? How do we support the joint team? How do we get in a position where we can demonstrate America's will and our readiness? Um, and then hopefully with that type of readiness, we deter any potential adversary from wanting to take us on. Um, but if someone should decide to take us on, that readiness is also the same thing that delivers decisive victory. So, you know, that's, that's going to define the last year of, uh, of my command. Um, if I know one thing, it's going to go by like that. You know, 10 months seems like almost a year. And you think September is going to, you know, ease its way here. Um, you know, I'll be in August before I know it. And I hope to be there with all these gaps closed. No, and I'm with you. And everybody understands the challenges that are put. We, we're a large entity. We don't, we don't move quickly. Right. But we move very deliberately. Though. Right. So, and, and one of the things you mentioned, was, and I think it's important to highlight, and we have through a lot of these podcasts that we've done, but the importance of logistics, the importance that, and, and capability right. that really the AMC provides, you know, everywhere from your, <laughs> your tankers, do, I mean, and, and they're innovating, right? They're, you have you have KC-135s doing AMP-4 blacked out landing. You got it. Doing low-level refueling with F-16s. You have C-17s with Rapid Dragons. You have, you know, all the AMC assets that are doing pulsed operations, at, which are really iterating and getting after what we need. Yes, yeah. Well, it shows you a couple things. You know, the first thing, it, it, it reminds me that the old guys and the old gals just need to get out of the way. Let airmen be airmen. You said it, sir. Let, let airmen be airmen. Um, you know, airmen are naturally, you know, innovators. They're naturally disruptive. Um, you know, we've, you know, the reason the Air Force mutinied in 1947 was to, you know, do get after effects-based and not the traditional platform-based approach to solving problems. Everything you describe is on the backs of incredibly young and incredibly talented professionals that get after it. You know, you had mentioned earlier the weapons officer and the, and, the, and the advanced instructors. They are the critical piece to this that can take that vision, understand the risk, mitigate the risk, and then own the risk and, uh, and move things forward rapidly. Um, you know, I, it, it feels to me like, you know, there's a lot of momentum out there. We need to continue to resource it, need to continue to, to encourage it. And, uh, you know, it proves to me each and every day there's nothing we can't do as long as we just let airmen do airmen things. Right. And I and it's and I think you've recognized I think you've done a good job of recognizing that because really what you've given has been commander's intent. Right. From from day one, commander's intent. These are the things that I want you to get after. This is what General Brown put for us. Accelerate, change or lose. Right. So right off the tat, you, you almost have a not a blank check. But, you know, like, hey, you have your marching orders. Get after it. Right. And right. that's what you've done from, from day one. And I think that paired with the honest transparency and the, the willing to go, yes, I, as the AMC commander, I, I want you to take risks, mitigated risks. Yes. You know, not unnecessarily risk, but take risks. Get out there. Trade some pain if we need to. But we've got to solve these problems that our nation is depending on us to solve. You're right. You're right. Well, <clears throat> You know, I, I have this thing where, you know, I'm, I'm not super smart. 
you know, I, I wasn't, I'm not a weapons officer. Um, but we talk about a thing called commander custody. And commander custody of the operation, you know, means that, you know, I'm expecting the command echelon, you know, in a unit, you know, from, from my level all the way down to the lowest level to do exactly what you described. I want them to push the limits. There, you, we should be uncomfortable in our approach to training. I'm not interested in hurting somebody permanently or killing somebody. Um, but I am interested in, in getting a sharp departure from the status quo. You know, so, I mean, really, it, it does boil down to a command team's understanding. How do you develop the skill set to really understand at depth, mitigate at depth, and then own it at depth as you move forward? Um, you know, what I don't like is taking risks that you don't know about. And I don't like in the after action report, you know, that there was two or three things we should have thought about that we never did. Um, you know, if that's what it is, that's what it comes to. But how do you develop that innate skill set that this is just a part of who we are? I mean, your community especially, I think, understands this. My first time um, really understanding what SOF and AFSOC, you know, were doing was I was a, a punk captain stationed at Ramstein Air Base, Germany, flying C-130s. And we used to go down to Morocco and, you know, put on an exercise and, you know, we'd go forward with the PJs, forward with the CCT, and I got my hand on one of your handbooks. You know, great, aren't they? They're phenomenal. And on page one is the soft truths. You know, but as you, as I flip that through that, you know, in between drops and in between training, I just, I was just amazed by the depth uh, and the breadth of how it approached the mission. So, um, you know, actually from that, I still have it in my office now. I took the soft truths out of that, I asked permission, but I said, "Can I? May I please have that part of the checklist?" And uh, and I still have it today. Um, but that approach is a very healthy approach, and I think it shows command and commander custody of the operation. So there's a lot to do here. You know, as good as we are, we've got improvements that we need to make, and we need to make them aggressively. So uh, that's a big part of moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. And you bring up the soft truths, and that's something that we truly live by. And soft truth number one, you know, is humans are more important than hardware. Yes. And I'll tell you what, the the award ceremony for OAR that we attended, the, yes. thanks the, for in the invite, yes. that we attended last night is proof yes. that humans are more important than hardware and that without the humans, that mission would not have gone. You're right. There was no, there was no one thing, widget, a new aircraft or anything like that, that would have solved those dire problems that were there, that the people were the ones that said, I have commander's intent. I have, uh, you know, as the as the mission commander, I know what needs to be done, and we're going to do it. And I'm sure, not to, not to indicate anybody, but I'm sure that there were there were AFIs or TOs that were broken. Right. But they did what needed to be done, yep. and they were successful, and they did an incredible job. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, absolutely humbling to be around that team. Um. You know, I got a saying in that, that first manifesto that I wrote where I talk about invest our American tenacity and win now. And I can't think of a better example than that. So, you know, you could not have dreamed, you know, uh, that that scenario would have played out the way it did. But you could absolutely expect that our airmen would go into that operational environment, figure out what needed to be done, and then just work towards a common goal. And, uh, you know, that took way more than just the mobility team to make that happen. Um, you know, I'm humbled, 
absolutely humbled by their actions. And you can see, I mean, when you see that, and when you hang around people like that, there is no way we're going to lose against anybody. Nobody else has that. Nobody else on the planet has what we enjoy in our, all of our United States military branches. Um, and then that, that, that we have a culture where we take the time to celebrate each other's actions, where we take the time to try to get it as right as we can when it comes to the recognition that people deserve. There's more work to do when it comes to Allies Refuge, and you and I have talked about uh, the PJs, certainly. Um, you know, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to not give up on that. And when you talked about what I want to get done in my last year, that's part of the other things I want to get done in my last year. I, I wasn't setting you up for that. I know, sir. I know, I know. <laughs> but you know, these are the things that matter. You know, these things matter. Um, they will invest everything that they are in the op. And when you see that firsthand, um, you know, there is no limit than what we can do to make sure that they get the recognition they deserve. No, yeah, and, and I promise you, sir, there was nobody on the ground that looked at a situation and said, well, that's not my job. Right. You've got, you know, flying crew chiefs, you've got ravens, you've got loadmasters, you've got pilots, right. flight engineers that they see something that needs to be done. Somebody is begging for help in the worst day of their life. Yes. And they're not saying, well, I'm not trained for that. Yeah. That's not my job. Well, it is now. Yes. And that's just the way airmen in general, the big A airmen, that's just the way they're wired. Yes. And it's, you're, you're right. It is humbling to be around. Yeah. And the way that they want to serve is incredible. There's a picture that, um, that Sean sent me of the PJs at H. Kaya during the evacuation. And there's an Afghan family and one of the PJs is holding the baby. And then you're thinking... You know, at, you know, it's a stunning picture on its own, but when you really study it at a depth, it speaks to everything you just talked about. And I'll try not to cry like a baby here, but, you know, when's the last time you handed your baby to someone you didn't know? When's the last time you handed your baby to someone you didn't know that was holding a weapon? When's the last time you handed your baby to someone you didn't know that had a weapon in the most chaotic environment that you've ever been in or will ever be in in your entire life? You know, and that's the brand that is the United States of America. You know, all that mattered was that flag on a sleeve and that family's full trust in who we are as Americans, certainly who we are on a joint team, and then who we are, um, you know, as, as airmen. Um, it's just the most powerful picture I've seen in, in ever, perhaps, and, uh, and it speaks volumes on both sides. The trust that the Afghans put in us, but also the level of professionalism and get after the mission no matter what, you know, on, on behalf of the airmen and certainly that PJ crew is amazing. Yes, and, and it, it is our job to try and highlight all that stuff they're doing and, and thanks to you and your team. And I know that your, your A1 staff absolutely work day and night. Smoked. They yes. are, they are smoked. hopefully they're getting some rest yes. right now. Yes. Or they're enjoying themselves while they're that's out That's right, here. that's right. They are incredible. Yeah, they are they incredible. Are. And that's, you know, that, that's some service right there. Um, one of the things that we're, we're trying to purvey is, is service. Like all of these folks are serving. Yes. Because they want to, not because they need to, because yeah. they want to, they want to give, they want to be part of something that's a high standard. Right. They want to serve their country. They want to be part of something that is, is worth right. fighting for. Right. You know, I watched, uh, for some reason last week I was watching the Detroit Lions game, you know, and there was a. There was a, a segment ahead of the game, you know, where they're interviewing the coach. And don't get excited. I'm not a Detroit fan, okay? <laughs> so, 
Um, but they're interviewing the coach, and he's and he's getting teary-eyed, like like I often do. And in, in his explanation, he's saying, you know, the most powerful thing you can see is that service. But when you see people with that service invest themselves completely in the mission, um, you know, it is it, it's hard to get, um, you know, to not get emotionally uh, tied to what this team puts on the line. I de- I've deployed a bunch. I, not at all like you have, but I've, I've deployed a bunch. But I learned my best lessons on that service and that investment when I was a wing commander and I was pushing squadrons out. You know, when the rotator shows up, okay, and everybody's sad and we're all at the stairs and, and, the, and the service members go up the stairs, get on the rotator, and now it's just the families, all right? That's what they're putting on the line. That mom, that dad, that brother, that sister, that son, that daughter, that wife, that husband, that boyfriend, whatever it is, that is the commitment that's being put on the line for somebody else. And then, you know, you fast forward to four months later or six months later, now you're at a very different feel. Now the excitement is building and the same group of people comes back and then the service people come down the stairs and the joy and the relief of what it means to bring that investment and that service member together. I mean, it really showed me powerfully um, the level of that service and commitment that they extend. No, exactly right. And sir, uh, we are running out of time. Okay. And I was going to ask you one more question. Let's but hear it. Honestly, I don't know if I want to if I want to follow that up because that was fantastic. No. So uh, again, really appreciate you having us, and thanks for sitting down with us. Thanks for being here. And you're going to get Ashley on next, right? Yes, we are. So I have a five star boss. Her name is Ashley, and she is amazing. <laughs> She's the family commander. Awesome. Well, thank you for everything that you've done for us as a, as a One's Ready podcast. Thank you for everything that's done for the Weapons School, the Warfare Center, and AMC. Yep. It's an honor. I'm proud, I'm proud to fly your wing. Absolutely. Thanks, brother. Thanks, Peaches. Yeah.